Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Lauren. This is Liam. Hello. Big thank you to everyone watching us and a huge thank you especially to the people who are tuning in live. We have an interesting show today. We're going to be starting off with the teacher who got fired for not just misgendering someone but refusing to use specific set of pronouns. That's an interesting one. Uh, then we have a fake hate crime because we haven't had enough of those in our society. Uh, next, we have an entire segment about Tim Pool's dating prospects. I'm not kidding. That's We're going to be talking about that for a little while. Hi to Tim if he's out there. And uh, we're going to be finishing off the show with uh, essentially a discussion about the Church of Climate Change. Crazy times we live in. Uh, before we get started, though, I just want to say that uh, if anyone would like to support the show, you know, like, share, subscribe, that whole spiel really does help us out. Uh, if you want to go even further, you can, of course, always head on over to blazetv.com slash Lauren, subscribe using the code Lauren. We're not on Patreon anymore, so if you want to help us keep the lights on over here, that's how you do it. And for anyone who's watching live, don't forget, we will be going through all of the Super Chats, uh, not during the first hour of the show, but afterwards we'll do a little Q&A thing. That's right. And uh, of course, we have lovely mugs to show you now, which uh, if you wanted to get them, not only do you support us, but you have something cool to drink your coffee out of, you can go to shop.theblaze.com. Also shirts. Yeah, and shirts. A bunch I was, of other things, yeah. I was actually wearing one of the pseudo-intellectual shirts earlier. Which, I mean, it's kind of weird because it has my name, but I like the shirt. But then I accidentally used the pseudo-intellectual mug. And I was going to use the Blaze mug, so I was like, oh, it's too much. You see what goes into the thought process of sets and what have you? Yeah, you know, I, I think about these things. I do feel betrayed that you changed your shirt because we just pre-filmed an episode and I've only got the one shirt now, so now I'm in two episodes with the same shirt know, People are going to think you just don't have shirts. It's, but hey, maybe but, they'll be more inclined to buy the merch to be like, hey, I got to help this guy get some clothes. <laughs> 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 one shirt. But I thought we were in solidarity is the point, and here Sorry. she is backstabbing me. I mean, what the heck? I mean, like, I'm good with self-promotion, but I feel like two articles in one shot of my own name on myself is a bit much. Even a little bit me. narcissistic, but hey. Yeah. Uh, all right, so <laughs> let's get into this. Um We've talked about the whole pronoun issue before. We've talked about it infiltrating schools before. This is kind of like the the epitome of that. I just learned about this story recently. So uh, there's a teacher who was fired from his job for refusing to use the new pronouns of a trans student. So he's now suing his former school for violating his religious freedoms. There, there's more to the story than that. We have an article here from NBC News. Virginia teacher sue school after being fired for not using transgender students' pronouns. The article reads, a Virginia high school teacher who was fired for refusing to use a transgender student's preferred pronouns has filed a lawsuit against school officials and the board. Peter Vlaming, or Vlaming, sorry if I'm getting that wrong, who was a French teacher at West Point High School, said he was fired because he would not use pronouns such as him and his to refer to a female student who was transitioning to male. According to the suit filed Monday, using the male pronouns would have violated Blaming's conscience and went against his religious beliefs. So he called the student by his preferred name during class and avoided, avoided using pronouns altogether, which, I mean, to me, would have sounded like a solution to the problem. Yep. Apparently yep. not. When the school found out, administrators told Blaming to either use male pronouns or risk losing his job. The suit also states that Blaming was accused of using female pronouns when discussing the student to other people and during one incident in class, Blaming referred to the student as her. Blaming acknowledged the incident, saying that it was unintentional and he addressed it with the student after class, according to the lawsuit. The suit states that on multiple occasions, Blaming explained his religious beliefs to administrators, but was still told that by refusing to use male pronouns, he was violating the school board's policy. Defendants did not have any written policy regarding using pronouns. Defendants made up an uncompromising 
uncompromising interpretation of their policies to compel Mr. Vlaming to take sides in an ongoing public debate regarding gender dysphoria and use pronouns that express an objectively untrue ideolo ideological message the suit reads. Okay, so obviously... I don't know this professor, but from what I can gather about the story, he is a, I think, Christian man who was trying in in every way he could think of possible to make the situation work without compromising his own beliefs. So yeah. there was a little a little video that went along with the story, which we have included here, but he talks about... Like he wasn't dead naming yeah, or, wasn't dead or naming. using the wrong pronouns, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did accidentally, apparently, when she wasn't there or... When the person in question was not there, there yeah. you know, but, he but it was an accident that. apparently, right? So yeah. seems to me like someone who doesn't want to violate his moral compass, but also is making a really good effort to, to be respectable. And, right? and he, he talked about that when he was interviewed. He said that he doesn't want to be uh, provocative or he doesn't want to offend anyone either. So that was his compromise. And I think it's something that Ben Shapiro... Is, I think follows a, a similar rule too. He doesn't like to use these pronouns yeah. thing, but he says, all right, you know, if you're this is your name. That's what I'll call you. I just won't use pronouns altogether because I don't want a, you to feel like I'm disrespecting you. Um, it it kind of seems like we're at the point now where it's not enough to just go against yeah. saying the to pronouns. Abstain. Yeah, yeah, to like, abstain. You have to actively participate or else that's discrimination. Yes, the whole, like, it, it's just like the compelled speech thing in, in Canada exactly that, that got the Jordan Peterson thing, uh, you know, up and running because basically it was the exact same thing where you have to use certain language. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I mean, this isn't federally mandated, it seems, um, which in Canada it was. But yeah, I think this is just this the is, school. This is the school board's, this is the school board's po policy, it sounds like. Yeah, and uh, one of the administrators was actually discussing how by even though he didn't use the wrong pronouns for the student, by not using any pronouns, like he, he uses pronouns for other students, that in and of itself was discrimination. So, I mean, they're making it really, really hard to not buy into this. So this isn't the yeah. type of situation where you can just say, eh, not for me, I'm going to stay out of it. Because I know we get a lot of comments anytime we talk about this trans issue. Oh, well, it doesn't really affect you. Just stay out of it. Live and let live. These are not people who are happy to live and let live. Like you, that only works if it applies both ways. If both parties agree to, hey, you know, laissez-faire, you do what I do, I do non-aggression principle, etc. Like these people aren't happy enough with no. that, and that's why it's important to talk. about. They will about. attack your livelihood. Mm -hmm. You know, they will as come they after did. You. This guy got right. fired, and I think the the suit is asking for a million dollars worth in damages, which I I, I want people to to be made a, an example of frankly at this point to, to show that you can't just fire a teacher who has gone out of his way to kind of do what he can to right. make the student comfortable and uh, you know the whole thing about them finding out he didn't use any pronouns i'm kind of curious as to how that even happened to begin with because i, I personally when someone's talking to me i don't really notice whether they use pronouns to refer to me as not or not versus just my first name so right right i don't even know how this came about yeah, I mean, I guess that some of our more libertarian-inclined viewers would say, well, maybe this was a private school board. Then don't they have the right to fire these people? And I don't know. I don't know if it yeah, was private it, it or public say, personally. But um, what do you what do you think about that? If if it was private, do you think that they should have the right to do that kind of thing, or do you think that this is something that's that is ridiculous and and should just not be? Well, I think if it's allowed. public, they definitely do not. Like this right. is ridiculous. I I take great issue with that. But if it's private, look, 
you can have mandatory pronoun laws, whatever, in a private school as long as you don't complain about, you know, anytime a Catholic school says we'd rather not have teachers that are gay married, right? So it's like, mm. fine, it, hypothetically, if this is a private school, they can do what they want, but I, I would want some sort of like reciprocity there for the, the Christian schools, the religious yeah. schools that are out there, which we don't see coming from the progressive left right no. now. So you can't eat your cake and have it too, as the saying goes, which is the correct order for anyone who's going to correct me. I'm That's actually the only way right that makes here. sense. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's also, this is a good instance of what non-discrimination looks like to different groups right now, because right now the, I guess, trans lobby, LGBT lobby is saying, no, this trans student was being discriminated against. She should be protected. Whereas this teacher who's a Christian is saying, no, hang on a second. I'm the one who's being discriminated against. I should be protected. So the difference here is that the Christian teacher is saying, hey, actually, and I'm not even sure if he is Christian. He might be Jewish or something. So for all we know, yeah. and he might just think it's immoral to, to have a, that's true. You know, that uh, a child transitioning. Maybe. Yeah. So so, but. so, what the teacher is saying it, for wanting his religious freedom to not be violated and to not be discriminated against, he's saying, hey, please don't fire me. Uh, I won't say this, but I won't make a big deal out of it. So he, his position is like, you know, I'll, I'll try to do my best to do this, but please don't make me say this. Whereas the LGBT lobbyists in asserting that they're being discriminated against are saying, hey, you have to refer to me this way. So it's kind of like positive versus negative rights here. Yeah. All, all the teacher is saying, hey, don't make me compelled to do this. Like, don't force me to do this. Yeah. That's how you don't discriminate against me. Whereas the LGBT side of this is saying, you must, you, say, you must say this or else you're discriminating against me, which right. I think is a really interesting mm -hmm interesting way to contrast that and i don't like frankly there's no way to reconcile those two opinions like there, there really isn't right if, if your rights include people having to refer to you a certain way i i don't know how you how you manage that without acknowledging that you are being an authoritarian i think that they're perfectly happy with being considered authoritarian at this point yeah you know i mean i, I, I don't, don't think, think they, they care i yeah. don't think they care at this point i think that they think that even using words like liberty is a dog whistle to them right now right? Yeah, apparently free speech as well yeah that's yeah. another dog whistle yeah as we learned uh, this weekend in yeah. particular right so <laughs> um and what's kind of scary about this is that this isn't the first time a teacher has faced consequences for refusing refusing to violate their principles in the name of this kind of transgender ideology this is a story that was from a while ago but it's really relevant now from the Federalist, we have this article, school punishes male teacher for refusing to watch a naked girl in the boys locker room. A Florida school district allowed a self-described transgender female student regular access to the boys locker room. Okay, I think they mean transgender male. So biologically female. Yeah, that's my yeah. understanding. Uh, with no advance warning to the boys or their parents. The first time she walked in, she caught boys literally with their pants down, causing them embarrassment and concern by the fact that they had been observed changing by an obvious girl, says a complaint letter to Pasco County School District from Liberty Council, a pro bono constitutional law firm. With a gag order, school administrators forbade teachers from talking about the change and ordered a male PE teacher to supervise the potentially undressed girl in the Chasco Middle School locker room, the letter says. When he 
refused to knowingly place himself in a position to observe a minor female in the nude or otherwise in a state of undress, administrators told him he will be transferred to another school as discipline for not doing your job in the locker room. So this almost feels like entrapment. I feel like I feel for this perfect, like for this teacher, they're yeah. telling him, unless you stand in this room and potentially watch a underage biological girl get undressed you're going to face consequences. Like, what is the winning situation there? Holy I really moly. Don't Poor know. guy. It sounds like, honestly, the best thing happened to him possible. Was go to a go different school. Go to a different school. school. Hopefully, the administrators there have, have a couple brain cells. Yeah. And, um, you know, he doesn't have to, because that is a situation that could get very hairy. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you supposed to do? And what's concerning is that this isn't just happening like uh, the first story with the teacher being fired that's in virginia this case was in florida this isn't just uh, like new york and california where this is happening right this is kind of seeping into all these school districts so tragic it, it really is and these people the people who run these school boards a lot of the time they just kind of fly under the radar parents are busy they don't really know what's going on which is fair enough but you if you have a, a child in a public school or even a lot of private schools now, you really cannot afford to not keep up with this. Um, and it's it's so scary because a lot of the times, like they've mentioned, these changes are put into place without kind of any discussion, any warning. It's just yep. these bureaucrats who are like, hey, let me just slide this into our rules. And this and that's is- where your kids are every day and they control mm -hmm. what they're taught. You know, it is it is kind of dystopian and you have to be very much on, on your guard as to what's going on with your kids in these programs. Yeah. And we've said it before on the show, say it again, homeschooling. If possible, of course, it's not possible for everyone, but the assumption that your children are just being sent off to get a uh, ideologically free education, that's wrong. Like that's objectively wrong. So I guess it's, yeah. it's up to you to decide how you feel about this. When it comes to the teacher who's suing the, the school or the school board, I hope he wins. I mean, I don't. I don't know if there's been a similar case to that in the U.S. Because, I mean, again, he's not dead naming her. He's not using no. the wrong pronouns. He's just refer re refusing to use the correct pronouns, which is it's absolutely compelled speech. I, I hope he does well. And this is we, we mentioned this in the Daniel Cohn case with the father getting trying to get custody of that rambunctious daughter who's on Instagram at a very young age. These are cases where I'm sure people would be happy to crowdfund legal fees if need be, because it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, to me, it kind of sucks because if he does win, like the school board will lose money. Yeah. Which which translates into teachers and and students, you know, getting less. But the people that which is like everybody loses in that but, situation. But, I think, but I, think, I think those people need to be fired. They need to be exactly. held responsible. That's what's really important here. And I do think that the teacher should get some kind of justice. It's just a tough situation all around. I think. Well, I don't, I don't think it's a tough situation. I think that he should be given the money because he's absolutely been harmed and damaged. And then I think like the city or town that when they're looking at the end of the year, their bottom line and they're out a million bucks, I think they should look exactly to these administrators and say, hey guys, you cost us a lot of money here. You're fired. I think that's like, that would be a, a perfect situation. It would also show people in the future that you can't do this to educators, right? These people didn't sign up to be, no. I don't know, subjected to any particular type of ideology. This is a French teacher. He, he, he teaches like, I don't know, middle school or high school French. Why the heck is he being dragged into this crazy gender nonsense? Makes no sense. Um, okay, so our next story is about the fake hate crime. Um, was it, I think, earlier this week that the story originally broke uh, a few days ago? It might have been over the weekend. I'm not sure, but yeah. it was, it was, it was recent. Long. Yeah. Um, so there was a story that got a lot of attention. A I think lot. It was, yeah, there it is. September 27th. Okay, yeah. So, so earlier this week, 
Um, some white school boys had allegedly held down one of their female black classmates and cut her dreadlocks while saying racist things. And so when this leaked, everyone was freaking out. Uh, huge ma major mainstream media networks did stories about this. And I just want to say any form of racism or bullying, uh, racist bullying, put it together, like, that's wrong. And of course, yeah. the, the incident would have been terrible. What made the story interesting, though, I think for a lot of people was how quickly it was politicized, like immediately. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, this definitely when I when I heard about this, I only heard about it after certain facts had already come to light. But it was like, this sounds like a caricature of a situation, mm. in my opinion. It's like, everything is perfect. It's like a leftist wet dream. You know, yeah. like this is this oh, is what they see the world as. Oh, it happened at a Christian school as well. Happened at a Christian school. Wasn't yeah. it actually um, related to, to uh, Mike Pence's wife? In I, fact, I, right? In fact, it was because, so. and that was part of the way that it was politicized. We have this tweet yeah. out from Raw Story, uh, which people, a lot of people, took issue with. They said white boys attack classmate and cut off her dreadlocks at school where Mike Pence's wife teaches. So, there you, go. <laughs> you know, a lot of people were saying, okay. Seems like a bit of a non sequitur. Like, what exactly? Like, are you saying that Mike Pence's wife? She was supervising them, by like, the way. She was making exactly. sure that they got all the dreadlocks. No, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't really make any sense to like. Not no. only are you trying to like pull in. I think Karen Pence is her name. Yeah, I, I might right. be wrong about that. But you're also pulling in her husband. So it's like we're six degrees of separation from an allegedly racist hate crime. And so I just don't think that the precedent of like considering how many crimes are committed by students in inner city schools, right? Trying to link teachers to anything that happens right. or that their students do. It's just, it's just not good. And so in response to that tweet, we had a ton of people saying, this is wrong. Like, what are you doing? Obviously there's nothing connected to this, but we also had some people who were like, yeah, you know what? I, I could tell this, th the Pence is definitely responsible for that. We have an example of this here. So one person says, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, hate crime. This is not the first time racial assaults have been committed at this school. Okay, I don't know if that's true. Like, no citation there whatsoever. But uh, he says, and no protests from Mrs. or Mr. Pence. We must conclude they approve. <laughs> what? Like, what? There's uh, some, some problems with the premises there. Yeah. yeah, no, I have issues with that. And I... This kind of mentality, it frustrates me all the time. And I see it from people when we've had, we've interviewed someone at some point, or like we did a, a video about Soph and how she was banned. And I, I had people saying, but what about this thing she said years ago and has since apologized for? And you don't even like necessarily condone her viewpoints, but like you must because you didn't like, what? No, that this is ridiculous. Like, even if this story was true, which we're getting to in just a second, it was not mrs pence's fault and it definitely wasn't mike pence's fault in, in fact actually i think you could trace this all the way back to the president himself yeah, because probably trump because he chose him as he chose mike enemy, pence really. yeah so it, i think it just that reeks of trumpism it does it really does it's, it's a systemic problem yeah and i mean to illustrate how much the story was being hyped up by people kind of made into almost like a coveting having the Catholic 2.0 or Jesse Smollett thing. We even had Rashida Tlaib tweeting about this, um, saying, you are beautiful, Amari Allen, which was the little girl in question who got her hair cut. You are courageous and strong. You are loved. You see, Amari, you may not feel it now, but you have a power that threatens their core. Core, core of the evil means. white boys. Yeah. What power know. is that? It's weird. I can't wait to watch you use it and thrive. Stay strong. Like, again. I don't know. 
I'm against bullying. So if it were just, uh, you know, politicians coming together to say, hey, kids, don't bully. I think that's an important message, right. especially in the age of social yep. media. But this was absolutely like racially motivated. I don't think she would be saying a peep if this were like a white student who had just gotten bullied by either black kids or absolutely other white not. kids. No, no, no. Kids bully kids. It's like a universal truth. Yeah. Um, and this tweet is actually still up, which is funny uh, in, in relation to the fact that the latest revelation about the story is that apparently it didn't happen. Little girls come forward and say, said, yeah, this wasn't true, which is, I mean, there was actually a police investigation being launched into this. But from the Washington Post, Virginia's sixth grader now says she falsely accused classmates of cutting her hair. The sixth grade girl at a private Virginia school who accused three classmates last week of forcibly cutting her hair now says the allegations were false, according to the statements from the girl's family and the principal at Emanuel Christian School in Springfield. The 12-year-old, who is African-American, said three white male students held her down in a school playground a week ago during recess, covered her mouth, called her insulting names, and used scissors to cut her hair. So... I mean, I appreciate that the girl has come forward and said it's not true. And also the family, the family of the little girl have also released a statement saying that they apologize uh, for, for all of the controversy that's been caused around this. And right now there are a lot of people who are being very harsh uh, on the student, this girl who made up the whole thing. And obviously making up lies about someone is awful, especially I'm not sure exactly. Okay, so she's sixth grade, so 11 to 12 years old. Um you know at that point that it's wrong to do that and but where does she get these ideas boys, from i guess that's that's what that's what i find disturbing is that there's yeah, but a culture it may not for have it not necessarily been the parents doesn't agree, need to though. be the parents but there's yeah. definitely some kind of something that gave her that idea and we just this of course everybody will draw the immediate parallel of this the Jesse Smollier um <laughs> situation the Smollett situation that happened in chicago where it was the same thing where you had this situation that was so obviously a caricature yeah. right like like you know back like he would he walked around with a noose around his neck they, and left like, it on it was just hours, it was ridiculous yeah. and in this case too it's like you have these three white stereotypical boys. white bully boys that hold down school. this one yeah. white girl at a christian no, school black girl black girl at a christian school pardon me and cut her dreadlocks off in a hateful manner it's like it's too bad to be true yeah, you know, and it, apparently, it just is. yeah, you're right. It, you it wasn't true, and obviously, like I do think there should be repercussions for lying about this because, like I said, there was a police investigation that was going to be conducted. So, right. and these, these, these boys, boys could have gone to juvenile or something like that. It could have been really, really serious for yep. them because people, like, despite what some may think, we don't live in a racist society, and that kind of thing is not tolerated. Of course not. Um, but I also want to say that kids do lie. Like, this is a thing that happens. It's not good. But like 11, 12-year-old me, I was saying stuff. And what oh, I'm yeah. imagining is That's that fair. this little girl probably had an existing beef with those boys and wanted to get back at them. But, but I, more importantly, I think I think that even more importantly is that she could have gotten so much attention for it. Yeah, and, that's, and, and that's I, true. And did. kids do like attention as well. Everybody does, so, you know, but that's, she got national attention. She got yeah. Rashida Tlaib tweeting about her, mm -hmm. right? I mean, And if Obama on. had been in office, oh. I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah, but absolutely. Like, so I, I don't want to condone the little girl's behavior, but at the same time, this is a thing that happens. Kids lie. Who I think we should all be upset about the most are the race baiters who immediately jumped on the story and tried to make it into a nationalist yep. and who yep. tried to make it an allegory for racial relations in our society as a whole. Yep. Like that to me is what's kind of more messed up. And those are adults because, okay, let's say 
for a second that this did happen. And but besides being like saddened and outraged, maybe she gets like a GoFundMe or something. Like, what what was the the point of bringing this much attention to it? Yeah, and I mean, okay, maybe we just if we put on the colorblind glasses for a second, you know, maybe it was just an instance of bullying, and mm -hmm. maybe or maybe she was annoying, and they were really and they were asses, and kids um, fight, and they they fight, yeah. and then you know whatever it doesn't like. So, I think that yeah, the people that picked this up and made it into a. a Something that justifies their worldview, something that justifies... They're the ones who I would be mad about rather than this little girl. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously she made a mistake, but she is yeah, the little but girl. Yeah, but you're right. ultimately yeah. it's like whatever. It's like you're you're basing your entire stories off of something that a 12-year-old said. Mm -hmm. You need to rethink your choices, especially the the people who are trying to connect it to, to Karen Pence and Mike Pence. Like, what are you doing with Raw Story, that tweet where they say that a, you know, girl cut or girls dreadlocks cut by white classmates school that Karen Pence teaches at, that tweet is still up. In fairness, I mean, they have uh, corrected the story that it links to, but the tweet itself is still up. And there are so many people out there who this story, like they'll never see the correction. And Absolutely. they'll just have it in the back of their mind. Oh yeah, Mike Pence. Mike Electric yeah, Pence, yeah, Pence is he, at it again. Yeah, he's cutting dreadlocks off of little <laughs> black girl. Like I know there are people that that will be the takeaway that they get Incredible, from this. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like, I don't blame the little girl for that. I don't know how, like, what was going on in her mind, but I think we have an irresponsible media who's looking to push a certain narrative, and any time they, they see a story that kind of fits to it, they're going to jump. And I think this story also displays a ton of hypocrisy uh, on the part of the progressive left because we just went through this whole thing this past weekend in Hamilton, Ontario, okay? You guys may have heard about it, but there was a Dave Rubin event with Maxime Bernier, Antifa was there. Yep. Antifa was protesting. We got some footage of a, a guy ripping a, a someone's MAGA hat off, got tackled by the police. It was a whole thing. I think there were four people who were ultimately arrested. It was not a peaceful event. It was violent. And, you know, there's that footage of Antifa yelling and kind of harassing this poor little old lady that's oh now gone viral. Oh, my God. I love the optics of that video. Like, they couldn't look... They couldn't look like like more evil people. They know it's not that they look like that. That is them. No, you're like, right. They, I mean, I just something. I, I burst out laughing when I saw them yelling at her, and then as she moves up, they take a step in to block her even yeah. further. I was like, are, is, are you serious right now? It's ridiculous. You know? and, and what what people were also bringing up was like, hang on, she's going to the event. You don't know if she's a PPC supporter, a Dave Rubin fan. You don't know if she's going because you know her her granddaughter wanted her to go, or she's like the family of one of the. You don't know why she's there. You're still calling her a Nazi, even if she was there for the, like, still doesn't make her a Nazi, but people were kind of really coming down hard on Antifa for what happened at the event, which they absolutely are right to do because it was disgusting. I was ashamed to see that happen in Canada because no offense, Americans, I'm used to you guys acting crazy. I like to think that here in Canada, we're, we're just not like that for better or worse, because I think we're a bit too apathetic, but mm. we're polite. That's like our thing. So to see people acting like fools, it was disgraceful. But you had so many leftists downplay that. Like I saw so many people, even when we posted our own footage of that guy assaulting the guy with the MAGA hat, like, oh, were there people yelling? Yeah, Antifa is such a problem. Like, oh no, were there, were, were there people throwing milkshakes at you? Like, oh, those terrorists and their milkshakes. Like really making a mockery out of the fact that Antifa are an organized group of political radicals, uh, yeah, who consistently target, even violently, their political opponents and who are intent on depriving them of freedom to congregate and speak their mind. Like, this is serious. Okay, this is like a whole, like, essentially 
international network because there are Antifa events in Europe, Canada, yep. US, they're everywhere. Um, so compare that, this kind of dismissive attitude to the absolute, I don't know, fervor over this fake story of one little girl getting her dreadlocks cut by some of her classmates or even, you know, one white guy, one white teenager smirking at a Native American. So it's like, I'm sorry, but I don't take your dismissal of Antifa very seriously because it's like there's 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 a blatant double standard there. And I don't think these people even care about it. They're not ashamed about it. Like they're happy to freak out on these actual lone wolf incidents. But when it comes to organized extreme leftism, they, they don't say anything. And, you know, right wing terrorism does happen. Not very often, but on occasion it does, and it's been deadly before, and I'm fine with condemning it when it does, because I don't support that, but I don't see why so many on the left don't feel the same way about Antifa. I just don't get it. So anyway, long story short, that, that story was false, in case you saw it on social media. Um, all right, so next up, we're talking about Tim Pool's dating prospects. Yeah, and uh, we, we're... All right. Yay! This is, this is like The Bachelor... Um political commentary YouTube edition. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be the trashiest reality, trashiest <laughs> and most niche reality show ever. And it would probably I do would well. I, I would watch it. I mean, it. hey, I would watch I, it. I, like the Logan Paul versus KSI oh, boxing yeah, belt yeah. rematch is actually, it's so legitimate. It's getting enough views that they actually have legitimate boxing professionals fighting for belts yeah. in their undercard. It's pretty crazy. Th that, yeah, that just blows no, your um, mind. Tana Mojo and whichever Paul brother, whatever, they did a wedding. I've heard it was fake. I don't know. But the point is they charge, I think, like 50 bucks or something to live stream that. Yeah. People like will pay for this kind of stuff. Man, maybe you and I should have some like relationship drama. We should like try to bank off of. It's just not worth it. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so Tim Pool, he's a youtuber he he also has a podcast now he's founder of subverse he's he has his hands in so many things yep. he helped sponsor the minds event that we were at in new jersey he's very industrious very industrious guy he's very genuine i think someone like we've met him hung out with him several yep. times yep. now I, I think it's fair to say with tim what you see is what you get genuine guy yep. Yep. um he's hard working i watch his show a lot he does 500 videos per day um but i i watch a lot of them and he recently did a video about dating kind of dating. And for context, uh, there was a New York Post, I believe it was, article that was all about how successful career women are kind of lamenting in their 30s, having a hard time finding men who are as successful as they are in terms of career, in terms of finances. And so Tim did a response about that. And his whole thing was kind of like, yeah, there are actually successful men out there. Like, ladies, it's not that these men don't exist. It's that maybe, and at least it was the case for him, they're not interested in dating you specifically. And he was very respectful toward career women saying like, if you want to become a CEO as like, it's your choice, be free to do it. That's awesome, whatever you want, but just don't expect all men to want to be in a relationship with you if you work all of these long hours and he shares some personal anecdotes. I kind of left that video saying, okay, like completely reasonable. I wasn't bothered by it at all. Um, we have a clip of it here that you guys can check out. Maybe you'll see something offensive that I didn't. If I'm going to choose a significant other or a spouse, I want someone who's going to take care of the social aspect of our cohabitation, partnership, and child rearing. I don't need someone who's going to be at a board meeting. 
Okay. I've got a business to run. I got several to run. I have work to do. So that means a partnership would involve someone who can fill in the gap on the other side. The problem I'm having as an economically attractive male, I suppose, someone with a job and a career and success is that I can't find women who want to be in families. And I, I mean that, look, you're going to find a lot of dudes who are struggling in the economy. That's, a, that's, that's, that's bad. We got to figure out that problem. But apparently it's not a problem that women don't want to be in families. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of women want to have it all. That's what they say. They say, have it all, right? That's the joke. You know, 30 Rock did a great bit about Tina Fey, you know, Liz Lemon wanting to have it all. Go for it. I got no problem. The problem is I'm not looking for, for uh, you know, half. I'm looking for all. Um, so I just, I just want to say quickly before we continue with the story that, you know, we're seeing you guys giving super chats. We really appreciate the generosity. You guys are amazing. We're going to be going through all of your your questions, comments, concerns, everything uh, in about 30 minutes when the main show ends. And we just want to say big thank you. We love it. Um, okay, so that was Tim's video, which I thought was, I think he's making good points. I, I didn't see anything Absolutely. wrong Absolutely. I mean, listen, the guy, the guy has a certain life and he needs someone to complement that lifestyle. Yeah. And and there are people out there that exist, by the way, that have the exact opposite look and they say, oh, I want to live this kind of lifestyle and I fit really well with Tim, that yeah. kind of thing, right? So um, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, see any, I don't see any problems with that. In fact, you know, having your preferences in a relationship seems pretty universal, I think. Right? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like know, but... I, that's how I see it, but uh, apparently some some people online disagree. The, just a reminder that this is the internet, and people will be upset with anything that you say. So there, there's this one woman in particular. We have her tweet, Robin Panakia, that's something, I think, Italian. Um, she says, I don't know who she is, but she's verified on Twitter. I don't know what that means, but she says, in response to a clip of Tim's video, this is truly the most cringe-inducing thing I have ever seen in all my life. Tim Pool talking about how ladies need to realize that economically attractive, which, by the way, was the article's term, not Tim's term, and it's something that people do say in the dating. Like, I, I don't know why she made a big deal about, about that. Uh, realize that economically attractive men like him only want housewives and mothers, not career women. So... She obviously took this very, very personally. And I just want to say that there are there are studies to back this up. Uh, this is not something that Tim has just kind of imagined himself. And I, I don't know, to me, there's not really any criticism in this tweet. It's just kind of like, I'm mad about this. Yeah. Right. She's not really refuting him. It's just, I'm mad. Right. And, it's and, like, darn, gravity. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, like, well, oh, What do you no. want me to say to this? And I, I think it is important to kind of reemphasize that this whole video that Tim does, it wasn't just him out of the blue trashing career women. That's not what happened. He was responding to an article that specifically was talking about the preferences that career women have. Right? So this is, like... Obviously, we're fine as a society realizing that, okay, if you're a career woman and you have all this money, uh, you, you may not want to date a man who's like, I guess, uh, less financially stable than you are, which is fine. You can have your own preferences, but it's only when Tim weighs in with his preferences that Wee! that's what the, the tweet sounded like, by the way, in my mind when I read it, just <laughs> screeching. All right. Um, so apparently a lot of other people agreed with this Robin, though, because... 
in, in, in this thread, there are a lot of people weighing in and saying, yes, crew Tim. Uh, Heidi Moore, another check mark, says, suggested U.S. employment program. Tell women that if they don't get jobs, Tim Pool will try to date them. The unemployment rate among women would plummet. Again, there's no there's no uh, refutation uh, of what Tim has said here, which is like he's describing his own personal preferences, which I'm sorry, you can't get mad at someone's personal preferences. And, you know, him also saying that, statistically this is what a lot of men do want like you can right. you can say it shouldn't be like this which is an, a sure. conversation we can have but just being mad in response to reality oh she's I, having a hissy fit there heidi and i think it's no, funny is. you know because if you actually look at it statistically from a macro perspective um being financially attractive is is one of the greatest attraction of females so i, I would true. wager that tim probably will not have any trouble finding someone um no, I mean, least. like, you know, so. Tim's, he's a great guy and he's a hard worker. He's, he's set up, like, I think at this point, several companies. Like, I, I don't know why in response to his personal preferences, you need to try to put him down. I don't think any, like, my, my whole thing is that you can date or not want to date whoever you want. And I just, I feel like maybe these people had different high school experiences than me. I was super used to not being in people's preferences. Like, why are these people so shocked at the idea that some stranger on the internet might not want to date them? To me, that's not some great big insult. We have other tweets, Absolutely, though. Yeah. Um, this uh, brave white knight totally kyle says weird because i would absolutely give up my economically attractive career in a heartbeat for a career woman well it's kind of facetious facetious name on twitter is guy doing bicep curls on the squat rack yeah and that's like that's like why people have the death penalty <laughs> so i mean it doesn't surprise me those two that name and this comment i, I find them very highly linked <laughs> yeah so. but it's like you can tell that he's kind of like it's being painted that it's a good thing for a man to want to give up his career right. to be with a career woman. Why is it so wrong to think that a man might want the same treatment for himself from a, a partner? Right. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think that this post from Totally Kyle actually has no logic to it. It's just simply that... Some that nice virtue signaling. The usual virtue signaling saying, male feminists. I yeah. am worm Jerry and <laughs> and f please find me attractive. I, yeah. I will worship you. That's that's the what that's what I read. Male yeah, the sneaky male thing approach. and uh, yeah, I just I, I yeah. don't get it. And uh, then we had this person who was a little bit critical of what uh, Robin. Uh, not sure if that was her name. Forget already. Said mm -hmm. he said I find it more amazing and cringeworthy that some women took an issue that is affecting men, i.e., that men maybe aren't doing as financially well as women in a lot of age groups, uh, and made it about them. I think that's very true. And actually, uh, in response, like. When that New York Post article detailing these career women's preferences was shared, a lot of people were kind of taking issue with the headline. Uh, you know, it was essentially saying men poor, women hurt most. I saw right? that. It's it was hilarious. It's, it's hilarious because but, it, this is a thing where, especially I think in our age group, men aren't going to school as much as women. I think in our age group, women do out earn men yeah. in, in some ways. So it's definitely in certain ways. I and mean, then you see those stats like, you know, oh, isn't it tragic? One out of ten women are homeless. Sorry, one out of ten homeless people are, are women. Are women? It's like that's yeah, a weird, women. Are... <laughs> weird way of saying most homeless people are men. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, you can't win because if the man does make more money than you, then it's some kind of misogynist, sexist, patriarchy, wage gap. Wage travesty, gap. but if, right. if women do make more men, then it's sad. It's because, unattractive, yeah, and they're like, like, I don't want to date you. Ugh. You don't make as much money as me. Right. <laughs> so, but and then all that to say, of course, that you tie that all together with. Women are the victims here. Yeah. And it's like, 
you know, I'm not saying men are the victims. I think that this is about both sexes and, and a changing in dynamic relationship well, dyna- yeah. dynamic in a, in a time where, you know, we're not too sure about how things are going to end up economically for certain, um, I guess, population groups. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated than saying women are always the victim. And No, actually, it's not. As, as this tweet replier oh. points out, Jenna Beth says, the quote issue that is affecting men is that women aren't willing to be housewives and instead expect to be treated equally and valued for things other than cooking, cleaning, and child rearing, things men don't want to do. Please explain how this is not about women. We'll wait. So it oh. is about how women are. She's got the though. receipts. Yeah, she does. But it's what I mean, <laughs> saying that a man wanting a woman to be a housewife or even more focused on family life, Tim didn't say his, like, he doesn't, he won't date anyone that doesn't work. He just says he doesn't want someone who works 16 hours a day like him because then when would they hang out? And he actually drew on an example of when that happened in a relationship with yep. another woman. And like, they just never had time to hang out, which is a real problem that happens. Saying that a man wanting a woman who can dedicate more time to the home life is is just them wanting someone who cooks, cleans, and has babies is like saying that wanting a man who's financially stable is just wanting a sugar daddy. Absolutely. And it's I'm, not the same. I don't need to be psychic to know this, but if we were to click replies on that tweet, you'd, about half of them would be women saying, that's actually the kind of lifestyle that I would like to live to some yeah. degree, right? Like I would like to be at home childbearing. And, you know, taking care of the household and, 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 you know, leading the religious life, whatever it is, um, there would be plenty of them that completely disagree with her and say that I would like someone that would be able to, um, help take care of the other half of that lifestyle. Yeah. And it's just weird that the idea that we're going to have a partnership together where we manage different aspects of our lives. Maybe one person is, uh, more in charge of bringing home the bacon. The other person is more in charge of things at home, how that's not being treated equally. Like it's really weird how little respect they seem to give to women who work. It is still work, work all day, cleaning, cooking, raising kids. It's, it's very strange to me. And like, ultimately, what you want in a partner, that is your call. It's not for anyone else to say that that's not right. I mean, if they care about you, maybe they might say, hey, uh, just maybe make sure you think about this. I want what's best for you. But that's not what these women are doing. They, they're not worried about like what would be best for Tim and his life. Clearly, they're just upset that someone doesn't want to date them. And I think they're so upset because a lot of women who are maybe in their 30s now have great jobs, which is amazing for them they grew up with the notion that you can have it all that you can just you know be super successful and that a a man will want you just for your success and he doesn't have any uh desires or aspirations or preferences of his own he'll just conform to and especially like the super attractive males right the ones that are like you know the young or or them the younger, rich, super successful people. They're, mm-hmm. I don't think that they, as a rule, they're known for marrying trophy wives for, yeah. for Pete's sakes. You know, it's like they don't go after economically, you know, well-off 30-year-olds. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're looking for. It's just it's just, it's just a almost law of, of social nature. So, yeah, I, I don't know what they're angry at. It just, it's, it's sad they were sold this dream yeah. that I think is ultimately a lie. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And it's like, the, I, I like really relationships that are kind of complementary, right? You and me are very different, but we're in, we're in a partnership and that's fine. If there are two people who are just super successful in their own careers, but no one's at home to take care of any potential kids, it's just two people being alone with all their money. Like, I, I don't know, to me, I completely understand Tim's reasoning. <laughs> like, he has money of his own. What he lacks is someone who has more of the time to commit to maybe raising kids or helping and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, I mean, Tim's made response videos about this, clarifying his own position more, so I don't need to speak for him. Uh, the quartering, Jeremy's made a video about this. That's right. I am still confused as to why this is at all controversial. I, I, I'm, I'm still waiting. Maybe eventually someone will explain it to me. Our final story of the day is about the Church of Climate Change. Now, he, you don't like talking about Greta, no. which I understand because it's a lose-lose situation, like we said before, and yep. like the comments to that segment, by the way, displayed. You know, if you mention anything to do with Greta, you're attacking an autistic child and the devil and a climate denialist. So th this story isn't about Greta. It's Greta adjacent. But recently, the Church of Sweden, or at least one of their diocese i don't know how the church of sweden works uh it's well we're about to find out yeah we're about to find out um, there's, a def there's a definite word for what characterizes their beliefs i think but we'll get into <laughs> I that i agree we're gonna they that. recently proclaimed greta the successor to jesus christ okay or a successor a yes. successor yeah yeah uh the washington examiner reported the church of sweden declared teen star climate activist greta thunberg to be an appointed successor appointed by who? I don't know. Uh, successor to Jesus Christ in a 2018 tweet that resurfaced in the wake of her speech before the United Nations. Announcement. Jesus of Nazareth has now appointed one of his successors, Greta Thunberg, the tweet said on December 1st, 2018. The account, operated by the Limham's Church, had previously tweeted several sentiments of climate activism. The Church of Sweden has a history of promulgating climate alarmism, and Greta Thunberg particularly, noting on their official website, when the Amazon burns, we gather to fight for Mother Earth together. After some backlash in December when the tweet was published, the church posted a second tweet that suggested success could be interpreted in more than one way. Shortly after the entire account was abandoned with a sign-off message that defended the original celebration of Thunberg and suggested everyone has a right to interpret Jesus in their own way. Okay, can we just take a minute to appreciate how far Christian... I'm not even going to call no. them Christians. How they're, they're, far, they're heretical. No, like, they are heretical. Like, this like, is like is. straight up heretical. And okay, so with this segment, this is not about Greta herself. This isn't even about like climate change as a scientific issue. That's not what we're talking about. And actually, Daisy Cousins, um, amazing YouTuber. If you don't follow her, go do it. She's great. She's done several videos about this whole climate alarmism. And she describes herself as like a climate centrist you know, care about the environment, like, let's talk about this, but let's just not go crazy and literally insert climate alarmism into our religions, is, is how I kind of look at my approach to it. And so the environmentalist movement, and we, we've seen lately a lot of these climate strike marches. There yep. was one here, and I know I... Just here. I think, was it Greta that was here? Yeah, Greta, yeah, Greta was, was here. here. Trudeau was here. I, I wasn't mm -hmm. able to have lunch in Chinatown because of the, oh, that's the protests. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, but yeah, so this is like, this movement is really, I think, reaching a, a boiling point where there are a lot of people who have a lot of feelings about this. And what worries me as someone who, I've said it a billion times, I consider myself a conservationist in a lot of ways. I'm worried yep. that there's not a lot of science being injected into conversation anymore. They claim there is. 
And we did a segment about it where we actually brought up, um, you know, an, what's his, an environmental economist. Correct. Hit all of his data. We talked about it. What's most effective at combating climate change for the money you spent. And I had all these people calling me a climate change denialist or whatever, just because I didn't think we were going to uh, die in 12 years. And it's like, okay, Which is no. like the third or fourth cycle that I've heard. We got 12 years. I don't know why it's always the magic number 12. Yeah, what because it, it's it like is. 10, that's a little bit too far. Like no one's going to believe that. 15, not urgent enough. 12 is the 12, sweet it's like spot. it's not a rounded number, yeah, you know, but like they're all into... Yeah, it sounds specific, therefore scientific. But yeah, the, we've left the realm of science. Like science is not part of the conversation anymore. This is becoming a dogma as we see. Like this is literally becoming a religion. I just want to say like if you are any type of Abrahamic religion, I'm bringing in the Jews and the Muslims as well. Uh, Greta is not a savior. <laughs> she is not the, the the second coming or if you're a Jew, maybe the first coming. I don't know. None of that. That doesn't mean maybe you can't be a fan of your work, but we need to look at this rationally because I, I don't think starting to pray to the holy shrine of Greta or anyone else is going to equal just effective no. change. She's effectively, uh, I mean, uh, she's a child and she's a puppet for you know, greater, greater forces ultimately, you yeah. know, I even read somewhere that I think that both her parents used to be actors. Yeah, so I think that's actually it, true. And uh, like to, to show that this is like a documented pattern we're seeing here. We also have this other story. This was going around a while ago. I, it hurt too much to even talk about it, but they, at, I think Union Seminary, there were these students led by a professor who were confessing their sins to plants. Mm. This is I'm I'm not kidding. This actually happened. It's uh, a level ten vegan. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not only you you not you don't eat meat, but you actually pray to plants. But wait, right. would they be eating them then? I don't know. That's the thing. It's like there, there was a there was a Simpsons joke that I was alluding to there, where they said, I think the guy said, "I'm a I'm, I exist on air." Or something. I was like, "Yeah, I don't eat I don't eat anything that casts a shadow." Yeah. <laughs> You know. Um, so yeah, this is from the Washington Examiner again. Absolute theological bankruptcy. That is a great way to describe that. Union Theological Seminary students confess climate sins to plants. Students at Union Theological Seminary prayed to a display of plants set up in the chapel of the school, prompting the institution to issue a statement explaining the practice as many on social media mocked them. Good. Sometimes I see these ridiculous things and I like want to... I don't know, curl up into a hole and die. But then I see the replies are all saying you're crazy. And it makes me feel a little bit better because at least other people recognize that this is crazy. And then I go on Reddit where our politics is essentially our Democrats and I'm sad again. But anyway, the article continues. Today in chapel, we confess to plants. The nation's oldest independent seminary declared Tuesday on Twitter. Together, we held our grief, joy, regret, hope, guilt, and sorrow in prayer, offering them to the beings who sustain us, but whose gift we too often fail to honor. What do you confess to the plants in your life? The ceremony, which is part of a professor, Claudio Carvel Hayes, class extremism, a ritual slash liturgical response, sorry, extractivism, a ritual slash liturgical response, drew ridicule from many on Twitter, some of whom accused the seminarian students of having lost their minds. In response, the seminary's Twitter account began retweeting users who defended the ritual and also issued a statement spanning a lengthy 10 tweet thread. I love the subtle shade <laughs> thrown yeah, in yeah. by the article. Uh, we've had many questions about yesterday's chapel, the statement read in part. In worship, our community confessed the harm we've done to plants, speaking directly in repentance. This is a beautiful ritual. 
We are in the throes of a climate emergency, a crisis created by humanity's arrogance, our disregard for creation, the statement continued. Far too often, we see the natural world only as resources to be extracted for our use, not divinely created in their own right, worthy of honor, thanks, and care. We need to unlearn habits of sin and death. How do you unlearn habits of death? Oh, I guess they mean killing things, not there. Anyway, uh, and part of that work must be building new bridges to the natural world. Here's what, okay, listen to this part, guys. And that means creating new spiritual and intellectual frameworks by which we understand and relate to the plants and animal with animals with whom we share the planet. Encouraging churches to turn from theologies that encourage humans to dominate and master the earth, Union asserted that we must birth new theology, new liturgy to heal and sow, replacing ones that reap and destroy. Okay, so they are literally advocating for like a new climate religion. Like this is... Yep. Absolutely. That's actually what they're doing. And I kind of looked into what exactly Union Theological Seminary was because it's like, I mean, aside from heretical and they, it, it's a bit confusing to me at least because I'm familiar with kind of seminaries being like a, a Baptist seminary, not a nominational or whatever. Like yeah. you learn a specific thing. Union Seminary, it's, it's interdenominational, non of all religions. So there's like Buddhist, Jewish, um, Unitarian Universalist, which by the mm. way is not a thing. If you're one of those, it's just, you're not. Um, it's like, it's, it kind of seems like one of those hippie coexist bumper signs, but in the form of a school. Yeah. So essentially they stand for nothing except progressivism. Drugs, actually. Yeah. That, that's, all, that's, that's all I read in there was we like to do a lot of drugs. We like to smoke the plants. Uh, yeah, yeah like, that's why they're sacred. And we're that's the kind of them. bond we want to develop with them. Yeah. So just like none of this is biblical. And Ali Stuckey, who's a fellow Blaze content host, she's great. She talks a lot about how social justice, this progressivism has been infecting Christianity. And I think we're just we're seeing that all over. And I'll say it again. None of this is about denying climate change or saying, hey, we shouldn't be doing more to, for example, keep our trash out of the oceans, right? But when you get to the point where you're confessing your sins to plants, we've, we've crossed the line from activism into just delusion, like for sure. And this is something that we need to have a conversation about because I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about these people. And this is especially... Um, I guess, disproportionately affecting young people. We have this poll by Scott Rasmussen, a famous poller, I, I, pollster. Sorry, I got to meet him in person. He's a really nice guy. He's, he's very accurate. And he has the, he asks a lot of questions that the outlets like Pew don't think to. So uh, from this poll that he did, 51% of young voters believe humanity could be wiped out. Over the next 10 to 15 years, 29% of all voters believe it is at least somewhat likely that the earth will become uninhabitable and humanity will be wiped out. Okay, so 29% of voters believe that in the next 10 to 15 years, we're done. Just gone. A scottrasmussen.com national survey found that 71% disagree and find it unlikely. The totals include 10% who consider it very likely and 37% who say not at all likely. There is a dramatic difference by age on this question. Half, 51%, so slight majority here, of voters under 35 believe it is at least somewhat likely humanity will be wiped out in the next decade or so. Only 12% of senior citizens agree. The data also reveals a significant geographical divide. 
45% of urban residents think humanity may be wiped out by climate change in 10 to 15 years, only 23% of rural voters and 22% of suburban voters agree, 21% of urban voters consider it very likely the earth will quickly become uninhabitable, uninhabitable. just 6% of rural voters and 5% of suburban voters consider that a very likely outcome. So yeah, young people and city people, you have to get it together, right? Because you can make fun of the climate change denialists being unscientific all you want. Nobody has said anything about life on Earth being wiped out in 10 to 15 years aside from AOC. And that's just like, this is not what science is telling us. No. It's not at all what science is telling us. I mean, there have been climate change scientists who are environmentalists who want conservation and they, you know, they want to reduce emissions coming forth and saying, hey, guys, I don't know where you got this from. Like, I mean, like, love the the desire to do action, but this is not what it is. It's not helpful. It's for not anybody, helpful. Really. No. And so I, I really would encourage these these, I guess, younger voters, these the Bill Nye enthusiasts. Yeah, to maybe just sit down, regardless of, of what the you know, the, the political lobbyists might be saying and just actually look at what the science tells you you, you yeah. know maybe you're going to walk away saying like yep yeah, man is co contributing to climate change but i think there's a very good chance you're going to realize we're not all going to die in 10 to 15 years no I asteroids mean, aside because i don't know about that none of us do but it's like for the foreseeable future we're okay yeah and um i i, I can't help but feel that the, the school's School programs are also contributing to this hysteria, but ultimately this is just going to make it a lot harder for any change to get done, right? Because, I mean, if I genuinely did believe that in 10 to 15 years we were literally all going to die, I know that I would be putting forth some pretty radical proposals. Yeah. And that's yeah, exactly what we see from these people. And, you know, in Greta's fire and brimstone speech, she says, like, you know, you're not caring in the, in the pursuit of what unlimited economic growth. It's like, it's very easy for us in the like Western nations to say, oh, I, I can suffer some economic loss in exchange for doing better for the planet. And if that is you, I encourage you to make green decisions. It, they often are more expensive. You can, if you can afford it, your decision to make. But I mean, it's a, it's a lot harder for us to look at, you know, the developing third world who's still relying on coal yeah. and say like, you need to stop it. And I think- uh, How about how about we, these environmentalists just have some introspection for a second and stop with the nuclear hate that they yes, have? Yes, yes. You know, let's get some thorium, re thorium reactors developed. Exactly. And uh, I think that, I think that we'll have a lot cleaner planet. You know, and, and uh, you know, it's it's, it's all mind boggling because because they're definitely and, and you can watch talks by people that have been environmentalists and they go and talk about the nuclear problem, which this is a kind of a separate topic, I guess. But it's like they're they're so dogmatic, these people, that they're not even willing to accept slightly different options from what mm -hmm. the dogma told them, tells them is necessary. Yeah. And that's one of the problems that I have with these climate change alarmists is that they don't have actual solutions. Like the only... No. They're they're for they're wanting to us to change entirely to systems that don't exist yet. No, they want us to live in like little shoeboxes and yeah. you know like exist under the government program 
it's 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 just a dystopian view that they have entirely and they're they're unwilling to move in my opinion yeah and also they like socialism a little bit will help in that as well Oh, of course yeah i don't know i still don't understand how those two are connected but i think uh, in any case that's pretty much all we have to say for now don't forget if you are a live viewer stay on the stream we're going to be back in just a few seconds with some exclusive q a but aside from that we really appreciate you guys tuning in and we will see you next week